Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, sorry for no episode yesterday. I was really busy. I wish I could do an episode yesterday because I wanted to preview the Bruins game too uh, and all that. And we had a caller yesterday, of course. George called back. Of course, the one day, like I usually do an episode every day. You know, I miss some, um, you know, about every week, every 10 days. I miss one or two days. And of course, this was the day that I get a caller specifically about game two. So I'm sorry, we're still going to play his call anyway. And I'm going to tell you what my predictions were and maybe kind of answer those game questions for game three, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I think there's some things that you can take away anyway. But uh, no call in today, unfortunately. So that means no friendly wagers. Uh, hopefully, you'll be back for tomorrow's episode. Uh, assuming we get to one. And today we're going to be talking about the message from the NFL Players Association. Uh, this came in on Tuesday. It's currently Thursday, and I had an episode Tuesday, but I didn't have enough information on it, and I still don't. It's just kind of – it's not a not lot known about it, but we're going to touch up on that first. Then we're going to get to the Bruins' Game 2 loss against the Blues. Then I'm going to make my game-by-game NBA Finals prediction. The finals start tonight in Toronto, Game 1. So I'll make those predictions at the end of the episode. But first, we're going to start with that message from the NFL Players Association. So let's get to that. All right, so obviously Tuesday we kind of heard the news that it's more of been really rushing in. People started talking about it Wednesday. Uh, but the NFL Players Association, which is basically, you know, the NFL, basically the NFL's association that just represents the players. It's in the name. If you don't know what it is, that's what it is. And you should know if you're a good enough NFL fan. And they basically sent out an email that told the players to save their money and there's going to be a potential lockout, if you will, in 2020. Uh Obviously, this has something to do with, you know, the players. Who knows? We don't really have a lot of information on it. I don't, at least. Maybe some people inside do. All we know is that there were emails sent out. There's going to be a potential lockout in 2020, and the players should save their money because, well, a lockout means they're not going to get paid. Obviously, we've had lockouts in the NHL. We've had lockouts in the NBA. Um I think there's one in the MLBs. Well, it happens, uh, and it sucks. It does. Uh, I'm not looking, NFL might be my favorite sport to watch. I probably, I personally, I'd say you know the most about the NBA, but the NFL is very close. Uh, surprisingly, I know from when I've done this podcast, the NFL season's over. I've never done a podcast in the middle of the NFL season. Not great with their off season, but. I, I'm still pretty good just compared to the regular season. You, you get the point. Who cares? Um, but that that has to scare you a little in the sense of the NFL shutting down. No, I've said it. The NFL could legitimately be done in the foreseeable future. Within the next 20, 25 years, we might not have the NFL to go watch every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, whatever. It might not be here anymore. And I didn't think for this reason. I thought for the reason that the views were going down, which was a little part, but the big part being we've heard these people, you know, that get all these concussions and it's caused brain problems. And this has caused parents uh, to not, you know, want to play youth football. Uh, Instead, they're kind of switching over to flag football, maybe the flag football league, you know, I don't know. But less, the youth football is going down. The numbers of kids signing up is going down. And that means the youth, the, the more, you know, upcoming stars and players, we're going to miss out on that. And the NFL is in trouble. It is. The safety may be the biggest thing. Now you add this, this lockout, this potential 2020 lockout, the views are already going down. The youth of football is 
those numbers are going down as well. You less and less people playing youth football because parents are becoming concerned about concussions. The helmet safety, it has to improve. Someone has to go in there and come up with a, an idea. There are obviously going to be risks playing every sport, but I think these are risks that are taking taken to the extreme to parents. You know, it's not worth the risk. There are obviously big injury risks whenever you go out and really do anything, especially uh, sports, whatever sport that is. But in the NFL, is really taking to streaming, and there's a high... Uh, there's a high injury risk, if you will. Obviously, it isn't even as physical as it used to be, but we've heard all these things, and this has to scare you. Now we have a lockout issue. You know, we have an issue with the NFL Players Association, so that just tacks on to one more reason. The NFL could be done in the foreseeable future. Now, I hope it's not. I think anyone hopes the NFL isn't done. That would be horrible. You know, million, this is America's game. People love to watch... Uh, People love to watch the NFL. People love to play football. And listen, I'm I'm not I'm not here to you know have the NFL end and then some up and coming you know flag football league. I don't want that. Um, I wanted the NFL just to continue to thrive for as long as I live in longer. Um, I don't I don't want to see a flag league, a flag football league. Maybe there is one out there. Like the you know you have all these little leagues, but I don't want that to be now the new replacement for the NFL because not enough you know there's not enough people that are willing to play in the NFL. Um, now, I don't, I, you know, I think there will be enough. It'll just be the talent will go down. And that just, you know, that's the thing with the views. Now, all of a sudden, you're seeing less talent, talented uh, players. Uh, I don't think that's going to help your views at all. You want to see talent. People go out there to see talent. So now, all of a sudden, if we're sitting here and the NFL Players Association, there's a lockout and less people are playing in, you know, 10, 15 years we may only have five rounds, four rounds in the NFL draft, and 45-man rosters or 53-man rosters just less talented players, and I don't think that helps your view problem because the views have been going down as well. So, listen, I, I, that's just my quick little thought on that. Again, I wish I had more information on this. There's just really not much. Um, and, again, it's a weird thing because this should be something any NFL fan is, you know, is freaking out about. They should be. Uh, or at least, you know, worrying a little, but there's just no information on it. It's just so vague and just so random that I don't think really people are catching on too much about this. So that's my little uh, spiel on the NFL Players Association message. So now we are going to get to a caller. So George called in. He called in like about a month ago uh, on the Celtics and Bruins. Chances they both win the cup in the finals. So, uh, yeah. He called in on their game two, so uh, we'll obviously the game two already happened, so we'll figure out how to answer his question. I'll just tell you my prediction. So let's take a listen. Hey, George here from the Silver City. What's going on? Um, just wanted to call in and get your thoughts. What are the keys to victory tonight for the Bruins? I think it's pucks on net, pucks on net, pucks on net, pucks on net. Um, that's really all we need to get it done. Cycle the puck and keep pucks on net. Also, I got another question for you. How many times will we hear Zombie Nation tonight? I'm setting the over-under at five and a half. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Okay, thank you for the call, George. Really appreciate it. Uh, wish I could answer that question yesterday, but my prediction coming into the game was a 5-1 Bruins win. Uh, before the series started, at least, and I still believe that going into the game. Now, I'm not taking the Blues lightly. I was the one that came into the series saying, don't take the Blues lightly. 
Um, but I just believe this will be the game Bennington implodes. He does it once every series, and it looked that way. Uh, at first, you had the Coyle goal uh, early in the game, and then you had the Nordstrom goal. Like, first 11 minutes, you're up, you know, 2-1. I mean, they did. you have two goals. They scored one. They answered right back every single time. It's like the defense took a little break. I mean, we'll get all that. But my prediction coming to the game was five. So under five, I think five and a half is setting the bar a little too high. Uh, but yeah, what were the keys to last night's game? Now, the keys to last night's game, I think pucks on net mattered. Obviously, you only got 23 shots. They got 37. Uh, and cycling the puck, which they didn't do. So you might be correct because they didn't win last night's game. That offense was not good. Okay, your offense was not good last night. At the beginning, it was all right from your lower grit and grind guys. But We'll, we'll get to it all, but, I mean, I think the keys to last night's game were try to play, keep up with them physicality-wise. You didn't do that. You got out hit 50. They had 50 hits to 31. You don't see a team get 50 hits. You have to keep up with their physicality. I thought you also had to uh, keep control of the puck, uh, keep control of the puck away from them. And I thought you had a kind of, you know, your grit and grind guys have to keep giving you sparks, but eventually those grit and grind guys, you know, those sparkers, like, I, I guess my analogy for this is your third and fourth line, you know, the Coyle, Johansons, Acharis, Nordstroms, they're your grit and grind guys. They're like the flint and they, they, they're the spark and they spark and spark and spark. And you hope that first line, the Bergerons, Martians, uh, Krejci's, even the DeBrusques, Krejci's, you hope they catch that spark and light on fire. And it really just never happens. Usually, you know, you might get lucky with the goal, but either it's the first line, you know, it gets all your goals, or, you know, your grit and grind guys get all the goals. It's never the grit and grind guys can light that spark with the goal or two, and then it catches fire to the first line. It just never happens. I think what the Blues have done, what other teams have tried to do is – Basically, try to cancel out that first line. It's probably the best line in hockey, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, and I probably have to agree they aren't playing like it right now. People have over-criticized Marchand and Pasternak, and they're leading your team points, 19 for Marchand, 16 for Pasternak, but I've heard no criticism for Bergeron, who's been the worst on that line. It's like they're afraid to criticize Bergeron. It's just like, Marchand, you know what? You know We like, like you and Pasternak, but... We're gonna criticize you, even though you guys, have, you know, you haven't played thrilling. You haven't played. You've been inconsistent, but you still have 19 points for Marsha and 16 points for Pasternak, two team leaders. But I haven't heard Bergeron get criticized. He had an off night last night. Has been the worst on that line, I believe. So I, I don't know. It's like they're afraid to criticize Bergeron, which which is just odd. Now again, as I said, yeah, I do agree. You had to get some shots on net. Bennington is a guy who you know. Uh, you know how will he react? I don't know how to how to put it, but I do agree you need to put some shots on net. No, do I think that was the one thing you had to do? No, I, I agree with cycling the puck. I agree with getting shots on net, but I think you also needed to have puck control, uh, be able to get it out of your own zone, be able to again kind of like get get that spark a little bit. I guess it's it's tough. I think you got to keep up with their physicalities. Well, you didn't do it. You didn't, you know, manage puck, you know, you didn't manage the puck more than they did. They have more, you know, puck time if you will. I don't know how to put it, but you didn't do that either. And you didn't get more shots on net like you said. I do agree. You got to get some shots on net. You kind of pepper Bennington. He's a young guy, and if you pepper him, maybe you start to get to him a little. Listen, I, I don't know. I, I think last night was about the Blues. So going into the game, what I was going to preview was how do the Blues respond? 
How do they respond to the Tory Krug hit? It's been shoved down their throat for the past 48 hours. How are they going to respond to that? How are they going to respond to their soft game one? It's all about the Blues for game two, and they responded just fine. They responded to every single one of your goals. That You outplayed them in the first period. It was 2-2, two to two, but you outplayed them that first period. Not by a whole heck of a lot, but you outplayed them. The second period, though, they outplayed you. It stayed 0-0, but they outplayed you, took a little bit of the momentum back, and, you know, made you really think this could be a good game. Third period, they destroyed you. You couldn't get the puck out of your zone. They were peppering Rask. You know, um, they uh, they hit the post there. Um, Carl Gunnarsson hits the post there late. You even had Patrick Maroon have a good scoring opportunity. Tuka was, was, Tuka Rask was good last night. Was he great? No. Has he been superhuman? No. He hasn't been superhuman. But this that defense was not good last night, and I think they you have to realize that. Like that that um what do you call it? The Tarasenko goal goal, you had Schwartz had an opportunity, great save by Rask. Then Tarasenko shoots it on Rask. Rask makes an incredible second chance save. And then the third opportunity, you let him take three shots. You couldn't get the puck out of your zone. I know that's not a real, you know, one where you get the puck out of your zone, but couldn't even take the puck. That first line has been destroying you, okay? That first line, their top-end talent's solid. I think it's a little overrated, but compared to your top-end talent, your top-end talent's better, your depth is better, your goaltending's better. I'd just say their defense is a little better. That's it. And even there is debatable. But their top-end talent has whooped you this whole series. It's been the Sparkers, the grit and grind guys, the third and fourth line has been producing all of your goals, and your first and second line haven't been able to catch the fire. They have not been able to do it. And even, you know, not even the grit and grind guys, you see the hit by Krug. You even had the hit by Backus last night, which I think got the crowd into it a little. It wasn't a Tory Krug hit. It's not been talked about much, but I think that gave you a little bit of momentum. You didn't strike. Uh, you just struggled last night. You couldn't. That first period, your offense was rolling a little bit, and then after that, you just couldn't produce anything. You couldn't even get an opportunity to produce anything. You couldn't get the puck out of your zone. They controlled the second, third, and overtime. You couldn't expect Rask to, to do that. Rask had a chance to steal that game. He did. If they won that game last night, Rask gets a standing ovation. He deserved it. He made save after save after save, and they kept peppering him. George, you said the Bruins just need to get shots on net. The Blues did that. The Blues did what you said. They cycled the puck around. Like what I said, they did what you needed to do last night. They did what you needed to do last night. Besides the physicality, they should. the Blues should be more physical than the Bruins, hits-wise. And the Bruins just had to keep up. But the Blues did what you needed to do. I've said it time, I just said it. But they need to get shots on Rask. And just keep keep trying, trying, trying. Cycle the puck and control the puck because when the Bruins control the game, they're hard, hard to beat. So that's kind of the uh, game two in a nutshell. Again, I thought they'd score five goals last night, five to one. Again, don't sleep on the Blues. I had this being a six game series. I thought the Blues would win games three and five. So, George, I'm with you. I I thought they you know be a pretty high scoring game. Again, a Bennington implosion, uh, if you will, and. I was wrong. 
We that happens sometimes. It's hard to predict these. Anything really in sports is hard to predict. Like my NBA finals, that I'm about to say, I was like, like some of these, I was just like, what do I predict? There's just they're hard. They are hard to predict. You're obviously not going to be perfect, especially with the NBA finals. Like you're not going to get the score perfect and everything. But I try. So that's kind of uh, game two in a nutshell. I hopefully they bounce back. We'll preview um, that uh, game tomorrow in tomorrow's episode um, a little bit. And do friendly wages, hopefully, and Colin gets back. But that being said, we're going to get to my NBA Finals predictions game by game. So let's get to that. Okay, so these predictions were very, very hard to make. Uh, when it comes to predictions, I like making them. But sometimes, like, mock drafts, when it's a tough decision, I just sweat over it. It's like, sometimes I just have to realize, hey, just make a prediction. You're not going to be perfect, and that's the thing with me. I try to be perfect when it comes to the, this kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I, I tried. Some of these, I was just like, you got to choose something. So, in game one, which is tonight, I got the Warriors winning 114-110 to 110 in Toronto. A lot of people have this Raptors winning this first game, but I'll explain why in a minute. I expect a tight battle in game one. The Raptors may come out a little sharper, but the Warriors have been here before and know how to prepare for this, and I think they steal one down the stretch as the two teams go back and forth getting buckets late in the fourth. I think Kawhi is a very good game. I think Lowry, he's all right. And I think the player of the game will be Steph Curry. I think he'll get 31 points, four rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Kind of be his stat line there. It could have been Kawhi if they won, but it just buckets late down the stretch and very good game one. Good series to look forward to. But then in a must-win game two, I think the Raptors pull away 113-104. to Uh, I expect the Raptors to bounce back in a must-win game, too, in convincing fashion. I believe the Raptors will keep inching their way from the Warriors, kind of like six points, and all of a sudden they're up eight, and then, you know, you get the point. I think Kyle Lowry makes a few key defensive stops on Curry in the game and Kawhi to keep things rolling. And the players, I didn't really explain the first ones a lot, and then I kind of go more in depth, I noticed as I went on. Um, And I think the player of the game will be Kawhi Leonard. I think he'll put up 30 points, six rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. So, forces a few turnovers. He's grabbing boards, dishing out assists, and scoring 30. I kind of want to say 29, but I expect him to at least get one 30-point game. I think he actually probably puts a 30-point game in the first game. He ends up cooling down a little bit as the series goes on, though. Game three, I expect the Warriors to win game three at the Oracle Arena, take a 2-1 series lead over the Raptors, winning 109-102. I believe this will be KD's return. Obviously, Boogie returned game one. He's activated for today, at least. So KD's return, I believe, will be game three. I feel he'll get somewhere in the low 20s in points and have a decent return, but I think Curry will be the reason for the win and have the best game. I think Kawhi's plays solid, but will be slightly off his game facing different defensive matchups but don't get me wrong he'll still play well so player of the game I think will be Steph Curry once again 26.6 assists five rebounds doesn't force any turnovers defensively but plays a solid game it's kind of like they're they're you know you know overall you could debate some other guys like had the better game in a way but overall it's got to be Curry here and I think most people end up agreeing Curry's just making a strong case for finals MVP a uh, game four will be a final overtime uh, the final will be in overtime. The Warriors are going to win 123 to 119, take a three to one series lead. I think this will be a very, 
Very good game. I think Cousins will play a very solid game, probably his best so far in the series, with an underrated contribution from Thompson around 18 to 22 points in this game. I think Durant may be kind of quiet at first, but plays very well down the stretch as Curry struggles in this game with an inefficient 19 points. But his teammates pick up the slack. Kawhi's play yet again. Another good game with Siakam really stepping up with 22 points despite great defense from Draymond. But Draymond only guards Pascal for a few possessions in this game, uh, is my prediction. So, overall, I think the play of this game will be Draymond Green. I think he'll grab seven, get 17 points, grab uh, 9 rebounds along with 9 assists, get 3 steals and 2 blocks. So, puts up a very good defensive game. Really just the energizer. He doesn't score too many points, only 17, but 17 still a lot for Draymond. Nine boards, nine assists. Uh, I think they'll kind of – Draymond's one of those guys who's just very underrated passer. I feel like they're going to run a lot of sets where he kind of comes up to the free throw line, they kind of pass it to him, and then all of a sudden he's in the middle and he has an uh, option to like kick it out for Clay to three or find the cutter like KD cut into the hoop. I think there's going to be a lot of that. And Draymond is kind of the reason they win, just that X factor where they're kind of running plays through him at the free throw line. Then in game five, I expect the Raptors to bounce back and save the series in Toronto, 109 to 105. A very good down to the wire game here. I think it'll be well fought with many Raptors contrib- contribute- contributing down the stretch and gaining a lot of momentum. In the end, Kawhi makes two free throws to close out a good game. I think Gasol, I think Gasol and Ibaka really step up with big, step up big with nice shooting from Danny Green, Fred Van Fleet. So not huge games from Siakam or Lowry, but Kawhi gets the job done. Then you have guys like Gasol, Ibaka, Green, and Fred Van Fleet step up. Player of the game: Kawhi Leonard, twenty-eight point seven assists, seven rebounds, two steals, two blocks. It's a very, very solid stat line. And the Raptors pull away with Game 5. But Game 6, it's all over. I think the Warriors end it in 6 at the Oracle Arena, taking Game 6 115-106. I expect this game to be not a great game by the Raptors. I'll explain in a minute. Yep. The Warriors take the series in six and win it all. The Raptors don't play very well and just get a few cheap buckets down the stretch to make it single digits. Kawhi doesn't play very well, and Lowry has his worst game of the series, along with a slightly over-average game from Siakam. And quiet games from both Ibaka and Gasol, with Danny Green and Fred Van Fleet stepping up, but it's not enough. Cousins play solid, but between KD and Curry for player of the game, it's very close. So I kind of split it between the two. You can kind of decide who the player of the game for game six should be. Seth Curry puts up 29 points, five assists, four rebounds, and gets a block. And Kevin Durant puts up 27 points, five assists, seven rebounds, one steal, and one block. So that's very close. And I think the finals MVP will be Steph Curry. It's kind of one of the biggest things missing from his resume. He has multiple MVPs, one unanimous MVP. I mean, the guy's already the greatest shooter of all time. He has multiple championships. The one thing missing is that finals MVP, and I think he gets it. And this is really going to help him. This is a big series for Steph because this could really be his last legitimate chance to win a championship and become finals MVP in a way. Let me explain in a minute here. Um, What I'm talking about is this could be the Warriors' last championship. I think Curry's going to be a a warrior forever. You know, he's going to want to retire. He's a loyal, loyal guy. And... No matter you know how hard this falls, and even if KD leaves, if KD leaves, and you know Clay stays, and even if Boogie leaves, just Gr- Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry—that's a playoff team. That's a title contending team. Still, I just don't see them winning a title, and I don't think they're the favorites in the West anymore. If that's all you have, now 
I still think that'll be a very good team, though. I think people are underrating the fact that if KD leaves and just Boogie, if KD and Boogie leaves, you still have Clay, Steph, and Draymond. People think if that happens, it's over. Now, their um, dominance may be over, but they're still going to be a very good team, one of the favorites to win the finals. Now, my thing is this could be his last chance to win a title. You know, maybe they, he doesn't get the chance again. Maybe he doesn't get a chance to go to the championship. It means he never gets a chance for finals MVP again. So this is a big chance for Steph Curry to just get it over with. Get that finals MVP and don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, but, yeah, so tonight I expect the Warriors to win 114 to 110. Again, I've heard a lot of people picking the Raptors. Now, my problem with this is, yes, the Raptors are a great, you know, story. And, you know, they've been playing great, but, the Warriors are still the better team here. And I've heard a lot of people saying, well, if you look at it in the starting lineup, Curry beats Lowry. But overall, you'll take um, Kawhi over whoever. Because uh, right now it's not KD. Andre Iguodala. You'll take Siakam over Gr- Green, which is close as well. Uh, and you'll take Cousins over Gasol. So, I mean, yeah, it's hard to explain, but I've heard people kind of saying the Warriors starters individually are only better than the Raptors 3-2, to two, in a way, if you know what I'm saying. It's hard to explain. And the bench for the Raptors is better, so I've heard that. I just, I've heard people say Raptors in 6, Raptors in 7. These are legitimate people. These are people that I've heard that I respect and have unbiased opinions, and they really think the Raptors are going to win this series. And now I could see them, but the Warriors, I just can't see them losing. I'm sorry. With or without KD, I think they, they win this series. Um, whether KD returns game three, he returns game two earliest, which would be crazy, or he never even returns. I don't think it's going to matter. I just think this Warriors team is still very dominant, and they're just better than the Raptors. I hate to say it. I'd love to see the Raptors win-ish. You know, I'm not a huge Raptors guy because I kind of hope Kawhi leaves for, like the Clippers and gets out of the East because one last thing for the Celtics to worry about, but – uh, yeah, I'd like to see the Warriors lose. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I do think they're overhated, just like the Patriots. Because as a Patriots fan, if I'm going to sit here and say, why hate on the best team, but I hate on the Warriors, that that's just not – I can't do that. So if I'm going to sit here and say, you hate us because they, they ain't us on the Patriots, I'm going to say, say the same thing against the Warriors. Now, I don't hate the Warriors, to be honest. They're good. I respect – that they're good. I think people hate them, yes, because yeah, they had KD basically given to them, but they built that thing from the ground up. You know, they they took a risky prospect in Steph Curry. They developed Klay Thompson to one of the best shooters in the game. They took Draymond in the second round. That's just great scouting. And then the free agents came in from there. They made a great signing in Steve Kerr. Almost didn't even get him. So they built that thing from the ground up, and I respect greatness when I see it, and I don't hate on it because – I think that really taught me with the Patriots is because people hate on the Patriots. I'm like, why are you hating on the Patriots? You know, you got to respect the greatness. And I know they kind of cheat at times, but so I can't say the same thing. I have to say the same thing with the Warriors. I just respect the greatness there. Uh, again, I, I like seeing them lose, but I respect their greatness. So if you're a Warriors fan, I'm not one of those people. Again, I, I don't like that they win every year. I think it makes for an unbalanced NBA, but they're a good team. What can I say? I know it's a little unfair with KD and Boogie, but I already said that. So, yeah, uh, that's today's episode. No friendly wagers today. I know it's a bummer. You don't get to hear the intro uh, and all of that. So, yeah, sorry for no episode yesterday, but don't worry. I'm back now. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.